Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast celebrating the radio show-turned-podcast, Too Beautiful to Live in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. I'm Bobby Pape, and joining me for your Monday recap edition of the show in Dallas, Texas, Meredith Mayhank. Good afternoon, Meredith. Good afternoon, Bobby. And just down I-35 in Kyle, Texas, Mike Frizzell. Good afternoon, Mike. Buenos dias, amigo. Dias. I'm learning. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> That's why I didn't even try. We're going to talk a little bit of LRB business, followed by your week in review, some housekeeping and how you can get involved with this very show. But first, um, before we get too far in, I would like to uh, brag and share uh, that I was in New York last weekend uh, for the Saturday night taping of Livewire. And I met up with Kelly Folkers and a bunch of the other New York 10s. Uh, and we had a grand time, even though Kelly and I had to wander around the neighborhood where WNYC is to find a bar that was open and not closed for a private party where we could all meet because the bar we had chosen had a line down the block and a cover for no apparent reason. Uh, we finally found a bar. We had some drinks. We went to the show. The show was uh, surprisingly good. Um, that author uh, that Luke was talking about, his name, the uh, extremely loud and incredibly close guy, his name is escaping me right now. Jonathan Safran Foer. Yes. Luke is right. He is not very funny. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not a comedian. Well, right. But he tried to be a comedian and that yeah. was his failing. Uh, but Luke did a nice job carrying that interview. And overall, um, the show was good. And I think that's airing this weekend in the Livewire feed. So uh, you know, worth checking out. One thing I've noticed uh, since I started making um, stump jokes on myself is that everyone's a comedian. Everyone. <laughs> Well, you just, you've made it real easy and you've also made it clear that that's how you want us to show you that we love you. Yeah, it's so. pretty great. It's pretty great. Some great stump jokes. <laughs> uh, it was a good trip. It was great to see everyone. Um, and it was great to see Luke after. And here's the point that I want to make. Luke was concerned and he expressed on the show this week that he thinks he might've been too drunk when he met with us. I don't think he was. I also don't think that the girl looked like a ghostbuster. <laughs> she was wearing a jumpsuit in that sort of tannish color. Um, but uh, he was plenty of fun and certainly not too drunk. Maybe just the right level of, of teeny. So he was incredibly loud and incredibly close, close. or whatever the name of Some, it. Yeah. See, that was already funnier than anything he said. There you go. Uh, <laughs> so I do have a quick stump date. Um, I had my weekly appointment with my orthopedist and the, um, the trouble spot uh, is completely scabbed over now. And uh, the highlight of the trip to the doctor this time was um, Emily takes pictures when we go in, which you guys have seen the pictures. Um, and, and then uh, she, she has, you know, we have a nice banter with the doctor. We've got to know him pretty well at this point. And he uh, peeled back some of the scab just to check and make sure, you know, that what was under there was, was good, healthy, uh, what he calls watermelon colored skin. And so he's peeling it back and and I make the mistake every time he's doing something like this of looking at Emily's face. And, <laughs> and it makes me think that the the thing is fucking rotting off, you know, <laughs> when the doctor's pleased and, you know, afterwards she'll say, yeah, it's what it's supposed to look like. But I just, she has a hard time taking it, you know, but she can't help herself from looking. So, um, yeah, so the stump's doing well. I go back in three more weeks and we'll see if... Uh, I mean, a lot of a lot of the incision is mostly healed. So by then, I hope uh, even that trouble spot will be uh, completely healed. Uh, how's the progress in finding Abby a shark costume? Oh man! Well, <laughs> unfortunately, you know, we live in in new construction, so there's there's probably only five or six um, people even moved into our street, or families even moved into our street, and I maybe a couple kids. So this isn't going to be the Halloween to unveil Ellie's idea of the, uh, the surfer and the shark costume, <laughs> uh, which is immediately where she went. Cause she's genius about costumes mm -hmm. and, uh, she would, it would be so great. Yeah. Make a little, little shark outfit for the little, uh, fat dachshund. She certainly looks like she ate my leg. Um, but uh, yeah, and then just expose the stump. This year would have been best because I could have, no makeup would have been required. Just huh. <laughs> the weird scabs and yeah, it would have, it would look just gross enough. Maybe a little ketchup, but that would have been now, it. Now, Mike, but, do you, do you dress up the dogs? 
usually? Uh, no, I don't think we've ever dressed up the dogs. Uh, we, we moved from a quiet cul-de-sac to new construction. So since I've been in Texas, we haven't been somewhere where there's been a lot of trick-or-treaters, I think. And, and every other, um, every Halloween until this one, I've actually worked because I've worked in the pizza business and it's a huge, it's the biggest night of the year for pizza because people don't plan meals and they end up with a bunch mm-hmm. of kids over at their house. So um, this will be the first year I'll be home, but I doubt we're going to get much action. But the, the good news about this costume idea of Ellie's is with my stump, that's evergreen. That's It's never coming back. So that <laughs> costume will be available to us every Halloween from here until the end. Uh, all right. And uh, Mike, is that it for LRB business or do you have no, something else? No, I have one more quick thing to say. And I'm only saying this because I'm an admin. Um, if if I weren't an admin of the page, and I realize I could quit being an admin at any time. Um, but the Stens page, I've gone to negative town on the Stens page before. So is Christy. Um, uh, that's negative 10. Negative 10. Sorry. sorry. Uh, we've gone yeah. to negative 10 before. Um, and, you know, and, and it made some people upset. Uh, so I don't want to go too far negative, but I want to say that uh, lately we're getting a ton of posts and we get some great posts, but unfortunately they get buried because we get a lot of duplicate posts, which we try to get rid of as quickly as possible. And also we get just posts about people they've talked about on the show just you know a few times or years ago, or the posts will have really nothing to do with what they talked about concerning that celebrity. Um, I realized Donovan came to Seattle a while ago. That's good. It's over with though. We can hold off with Donovan. Uh, Bill Murray, DJ, you got to stop with the Bill Murray. Uh, Bill Murray takes a shit and DJ is putting it on the Stens page. Okay. No, no more of that. DJ, I know I, you're, 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 you're my, my best buddy, but I don't want to see another Bill Murray post from you. Uh, anything about tacos, uh, that can go in TBTL extra. Anything about the Browns? There's a TBTL no point conversion page. Isn't that what it's called, Bobby? Uh, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. There, there, there's a spot TBTL extra, uh, TBTL no point conversion. If you have, if you have stuff that, you know, it's just whimsical and not really a jumping off point for a discussion, a serious discussion among Stens, then, you know, take it to those places. Just please uh, the- join up those pages and go there. The TBTL Extra group is highly underrated. I'll, yeah. I'll scan that when I need a good laugh or just yeah, want to really see what's going on there. And it's a great place for all of that other stuff. Yeah. Uh, but just from a just from a logistical standpoint, it's getting really hard to keep track of posts about the show in the yeah, stands well, and conversations right. about the actual like the actual show, like the show being up and the topics of the that day and threads relating to content. I understand, you know, the urge to take video of yourself peeling plastic wrap off a computer screen uh, and post Do you? it. Because I don't. Yeah, you're, you're right. I'm lying. You caught me in a lie there, Meredith. I really don't understand the compulsion. But that's because that's not my particular uh, cup of tea. But I'm just saying I just want to clean it up a little bit. And we're trying as admins, we are trying to clean it up just to, so that when you go to that page, you'll have a better experience and that you will see things that are relevant to things that are going on in the show, at least fairly currently, or things from the past where a huge development has happened. Okay. So that's all I have for, for that rant, I guess. On to the week in review, Monday, 2235. Hola, daddy Yankee. Uh, Luke is in Puerto Rico speaking unnecessary Spanish. Um, which is a, this is the little law throughout the week. He doesn't know how much Spanish to try to speak. Uh, it all culminates in, in the office of some scary guy later in the week, which, which is pretty, pretty great. Um, he's, he's sad cause he's not able to hold court in his usual spots, you know, um, like, uh, a gambling table or in this case, a sports bar where, you know, you want to get in your, your clever comments or whatever. And if, if it just, if nobody's watching the game, or even if they are watching, they don't understand what you're saying, then uh, you, it takes a little bit away from the game. And I understand what he's saying. I, I, I like to like watch the game and throw in the clever comment and get a laugh or whatever. And if if Luke had been smart, he would have looked up the translation for how to say "If only the Seahawks had had one more timeout" in Spanish. No, 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 Bobby, don't open that can of worms. That's going to be. We know that's going to be coming up. Uh, 
tonight, I guess. Yeah, sorry. That, that's TV next show. week's week in review. I'm sorry. I got ahead of myself. That's tomorrow's coffee. I was just setting oh, it up today. Yeah. It's getting, the timeline's getting confusing, but uh, language guilt. You guys ever feel any of that? Yeah, a bit. It feels like every other co- person in every other country knows English and then some other language. And we are just like, oh, English is fine. Yeah. Uh, I studied three years of French and retained very little of it. And mm. even then, that's a pretty imp- impractical language. I mean, there are certainly large parts of the world that speak French, but there are very few places in the world that speak French and not English. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, st- I studied French as well, and I can still read it all right. And it has helped me uh, understand and be able to read some Spanish because they're similar languages in some ways. But um, yeah, it was a mistake to take French and yeah, it's, it's mostly gone and I certainly couldn't speak it or understand it. Much of it spoken at me at a reasonable rate, like at the rate of French person would speak it. So, uh, I feel a little guilt about that. I probably was exposed to a lot more Spanish than most people because I was in prison for a while. I don't know if you guys knew this, Wait, what? but I, I was in prison and there were a lot of, um, Spanish speaking guys there. Uh, so I know enough Spanish to get the hell beat out of me. So I could call, I could call you some awful things that you wouldn't understand, but if you did understand, you would go um, purchase a gun and kill me. So I did Spanish all through middle school and high school. So six years of it and I got pretty good at it, but I've forgotten a, a lot of the vocab and in Michigan, you don't use it as much. And now that I'm in Texas, I'm like, Oh boy, I really mm. need to, <laughs> I need to get that back. Uh, Cause it's actually a practical skill here. And I'm going to a wedding in the Dominican Republic next year. And according to the bride who grew up there, we're not going to be in the resort place where everyone speaks English. We're going to be in a part where no one speaks English. So I'm trying currently to to brush up on it. I've got a couple of podcasts and a couple apps. Um, and then I'm thinking about doing the Pimsleur language program, which my sister did with much success. So, so hopefully I'll be able to converse a little bit. You will be the caretaker for Duff in that case. He's not doing all this stuff with you. Right. And, and you know, he's got family in Italy. And when last time we were there, he did a lot of the translating. Um, and it, Italian and Spanish isn't that hard. I can understand mm-hmm. Italian, but I can't speak it. So I think he'll probably be in the same boat. But yeah, I'm going to have to uh, do the heavy lifting on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, Luke, we talked about whether he thought he was too drunk in New York City, yelling about the Ghostbuster lady and being funnier than a novelist. And so, now I see I actually had the spelling of his name in my notes just so I'd remember it, but I wasn't looking at these notes when I mentioned it earlier. So we can probably just move ahead. Oh, I never would have gotten that. Yeah, that's a that's a <laughs> tricky one right there. Uh, Luke admits to Andrew's chagrin that he would wear a toupee if the technology existed that made it look good. And I can see that Luke is super vain about his hair. Why wouldn't he want a full head of luxurious, wonderful hair if it were available for purchase for less than $500? I think it is. <laughs> see, that's the catch. My my dad has been bald since he was about 18 and he's hated it since he was 18. Mm-hmm. And uh, he actually does have a toupee and it looks quite natural. It's the kind that is attached to some mesh and then kind of attached to your head. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't come off. Um, He goes to the salon once a month and gets it touched up as far as like color. You know, it gets a little lighter in the summer, a little darker in the winter. Mm -hmm. Um, And he he came in to work with it the first day and everybody's like, did you get new glasses? Like what, did you shave your beard? What's happening? Like it was so realistic that his coworkers didn't even recognize that he had a hairpiece. So I want to I, look into this while he still could really transition credibly. He'll need a credit card with a little higher limit, though. It's <laughs> right. not cheap. Yeah, just a money order. Just <laughs> right. This can't be a Costanza situation. He can't just be bald and then one day walk in, yeah, with the full rug. Yeah, it's a transition, and and yeah, the sooner you get on that, the better. You you can't go full bald and then expect it to to look credible when you come in, mm-hmm. eventually. But uh, I don't I don't give a damn about mine. Bobby, are you thinning at all? Uh, not really. Um, I have really thick hair. I always have, and so far so good on that. I am starting to get the occasional gray. And just today, as Sam and I were watching NFL football, uh, and saw a just for men commercial. And it was a younger man with a shorter haircut uh, applying the just for men. Mm-hmm. Uh, she asked me if we should get some of that for me for my, you know, six or seven gray hairs. And I laughed it off because I really don't care. But she makes a good point. This would be the time to start. 
Yeah. Because mm-hmm. if you start now, you'll never have more gray and then less again. You just start yeah. dying it before you ever know the difference. And you'll never That's even what know, I did. Yeah. You'll never know when you go gray. Yeah. I started going gray um, when I was about 28 and had never dyed my hair before that, but I just started dying it the same color as the rest of my hair. Yeah, so. that's that's smart. I mean, uh, I've I've watched those uh, not the just for men, but there's a other commercial about the hair systems, and they say once once it's on your head, you know, it's yours to do with what you want. And they show all these things that this guy's doing or whatever. And then one of the things that they say is like, you can cut it, and I'd be like, why would I pay all this money and then cut it? <laughs> What's wrong with you people? It's not going to grow back. Exactly. This is the dumbest thing, dumbest idea they talk about is actually cutting it. But what is it about the just for men and the men's hair color thing? Why? Because it, it kind of looks shitty. Uh, and why don't men just use women's products that look natural and good when they're going to? I think it it's hair? hard to get something natural off the shelf if if you're not used to ha- picking the right color. I would probably go to a salon for that. Right. Yeah. That's probably smart because I mean, a guy's just like, I'm sick of this gray and they go in, there's one product in there that says men on it. And then there's the generic, which I would probably get because it's $4 less. And then it just looks awful in your beard or whatever. It looks awful in your hair because it's basically shoe polish. And (laughs) I have a a related color choice story. So um, I've been driving a rental car the last couple of weeks uh, because the Yaris got rear-ended. I got rear-ended in the Yaris by an F-150 uh, and lived to tell about it. You don't um, want to rear-end a guy in a Yaris because as Matt, <laughs> didn't Matt once say a man in a Yaris has nothing to lose? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm fine. Uh, the car was not. I really, really fucked up his license plate frame and he really, really <laughs> fucked up my entire back quarter panel. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm completely serious about that. Uh, so anyway, the car went into the body shop for a couple of weeks and I had a black Chevy Cruze as my rental and, uh, managed to get a scratch on the trunk lid of the Chevy Cruze because, uh, a Tupperware lid, like a big plastic bin lid got stuck on the back of the car wedged under the trunk as it was closing and sort of scraped out a little bit. It was whatever. It was a thing, but I was very worried about this scrape because this is an insurance rental. And of course I didn't get additional insurance on it because it's a rental car and I'm cheap. And so I'm trying to think of ways to buff out this pretty good size scratch. And I actually went to the auto parts store and, and went to get like a paint stick to fill it in. Mm -hmm. And this 19 year old kid insists on coming out to the car to read the side panel to find out exactly what color the car is goes through all this bullshit takes like 20 minutes goes back to his computer enters it all in then goes over to the shelf and what does he grab Uh, a universal black (laughs) just for cars yeah (laughs) they've got one one shade of black and it's universal cars right here on it must be for my car just for cars uh, and sure enough, it was a, a decent match, but not a perfect match. And I ended up making a mess of it and taking it back off uh, mm. and just returning it and then distracting the rental car person as I returned <laughs> right. it. Right. Which actually worked. I didn't, uh, she didn't see it. So, uh, but yeah, uh, they make one shade of black, but it was quite the rigmarole to get it. All right. Andrew had a ponytail in high school, to which my reaction was, of course he did. Oh, of course he did. Um, he, uh, Andrew seemed to have a real problem with uh, doing anything until late in his life that would want any, make any woman want to touch his penis. <laughs> Is that too harsh? I'm going to have to agree with you there. I mean, yeah, I think it's all the, the stories it's he tells. The right level of harsh. <laughs> all the stories he tells. I, I'm like, you just don't, you don't want to get it touched, do you? You just... You never want it touched because everything you're doing is keeping it from getting touched. Well, but he's a sweetheart. He's like that deep fantasy draft pick. You know, he's he's like a money ball pick of men because the stats just aren't there. But right. you know he's got potential if you dig deep enough. So oh, totally worthwhile. Yeah. Right. Way to go, Genevieve. That's my point. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my balding is discussed, even though, um, Bobby, you debunked that on Friday. That's not, it's not a thing. I even have pictures of full head. I think Bobby, one night after you had accused me on some show of, of, of balding, I think I sent a video to one of the chats where I rotated the phone around my head showing full follicle coverage. Yes. I've made the mistake they made and I ate my words on it. 
<laughs> but I guess I should take this stuff because I choose to be bald, you know, like, you know, so I guess I should, should take it in the spirit it's intended. Um, uh, now we have more Bartman donors, Bartman still going on on Monday, which, uh, Luke, uh, digresses and, and says for him, the Simpsons still lands. Bobby, you're a huge Simpsons fan. Do you still watch new shows and is it landing for you? Uh, not really. Um, I'll catch a new episode once in a while on accident, but I don't go out of my way for it at all. There are just so many better shows and I have so little time that I'm willing to dedicate to television. Um, that uh, I just, yeah, I might see one once a season and I feel like the analysis is probably right. The show is not as good as it used to be, but you'll catch a good zinger. And it's only because they went from being occasionally topical to being highly topical. And I think that's because they just ran out of evergreen ideas. Yeah. And you I know. think it, the, the, there was like pressure from South Park to. Well, know, and I was about to say relevant. South Park made the same pivot from being mm-hmm. like really in its own world and occasionally touching on current events to like really lampooning current events. Mm-hmm. But I think South Park has done it so much better. I was a so-so occasional South Park watcher before I met Sam, but she brought it into the relationship. And now we watch every episode every week. Mm-hmm. And I think that show's actually gotten substantially better from its early seasons. That's the original guys doing the writing. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's going to be sharp or they, they would, they quit doing it. I would think. Yeah, it is worth noting that I don't think more than two or three days goes by on TBTL where mainly Andrew doesn't make a Simpsons reference. And it's not even always acknowledged. It's just that he's got so many years of Simpsons references mm-hmm. buried in his brain that he'll just let one slip here and there. And I'll laugh because I love the old seasons. Uh, and then uh, most of the time it doesn't even get addressed. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start counting them. Oh, that's no. like the, the, the Simpsons, Simpson counter. Yeah. So in a, in a couple of weeks, I'll let you know how many days we go with or without them. <clears throat> All right. Uh, top story. Not much of one. Uh, the Donald Trump, whether he's saying big league or bigly, uh, either way, fucking moron, dumb, doesn't work. Stupid. Yeah. I mean, even, even when he says big league, it's not, it doesn't even work for the situation. So might as well say bigly. Yeah. Um, he, uh, Trump has no respect or mastery of the English language. That's the point of the top story. And, duh, no point conversion. Uh, Meredith, take your 15 here. Oh shit. Um, they have the argument. Uh, they, they talk about the, the Bobby Wagner argument, whether or not he's allowed to jump over the center. Uh, uh, Bobby Pape, you've, you witnessed the Wagner's foot scraping the Jersey of the guy, the center, right? Yes. Did you see that? Yes. Uh, didn't seem like much of an argument, but on, on national TV, it played out um, and was sort of ridiculous. But uh, what I really want to talk about for No Point Conversion here was um, Andrew and Luke's plan. They hatched a plan during the No Point Conversion, and that plan was to uh, dust off Travone, Travone, Travone Boykin, I think that's it, uh, the rookie quarterback, and um, – but oh, wait, no, no, let – because Wilson's been having a hard time. He's been injured and been having a hard time. Let Wilson pile up a huge lead on New Orleans in the first half, because that's easy. Just do that on the road. Just get yourself a big old halftime lead. Then bring in Boykin to to let him take care of the rest of that game for an easy win, which um, that didn't even happen with Wilson in the whole game. And then just let Boykin have the Buffalo game at home the next week, because that'll be an easy win. Because it's Buffalo and we're at home, right? So Boykin can just take care of that business. Now nobody uh, is probably more down on Buffalo right now than than you, Bobby, having just watched them get dismantled uh, by the Patriots. But uh, how would you feel about seeing Boykin next week uh, instead of uh, Russell Wilson? Yeah, I think Pete Carroll's out of a job. I think Luke and Andrew can uh, share the headset and uh get down there on the sideline and uh be more than happy to see Poik and the pride of Mesquite, Texas uh start uh against the uh the Buffalo Bills who will be aching for uh a bounce back on their defense uh because you know the last time we beat a powerhouse team in the NFL this season was against a backup quarterback so why not again <laughs> yeah uh they would be going from Tom Brady to Travone Boykin yeah. And uh, I'm sure they'd be very happy to see that. So I got a little angry during that, but I've already ranted uh, tonight. Um, they they did say one thing. Um, they said that there would be 
this wouldn't even be a discussion, you know, like, uh, because their idea was so revolutionary, you know, and the NFL's not ready for that kind of thinking. Yeah, they're not ready for that kind of thinking. You're right. I'm the, leave it. the reason you don't need to rant through this is because every one of our listeners either already knows where you're going and agrees or doesn't care. <laughs> doesn't care at all. Uh, uh, they had uh, they had some World Series talk. Um, outside of the Mariners, I don't know that either one of these guys can name uh, 30 players. And I think I'm being generous there. So uh, they can just lay off the World Series. That's fine. I mean, the, there are aspects of the World Series that are fun because of the, the Cubs and the Indians not having one for a long time and a friend of the show, Chris Hayes being super excited about the Cubs. But uh, by the time you hear this, it could be over. For yeah. Them. We're, we're recording full disclosure Sunday afternoon mm-hmm. after one o'clock football or 10 o'clock football for you West coasters. Uh, but uh, before game five tonight. So uh, mm-hmm. way to go Cubs fans or I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, the last thing for no point conversion is there was a group uh, I think it was started by a, a Stan or a 10 um, that was called like Chris Collinsworth sucks or something. And they, they automatically like put me in this group and I left that group because I actually think he's probably the best. And he and Al Michaels are the best uh, team of announcers that are working football. So I, I understand he sounds goofy sometimes, but he has better information than most of the, I mean, Phil Sims, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Phil Sims and Jim Nance. And the inflatable guy outside of the car dealership brings more to the table than than Phil Sims. So All right. All right. <laughs> let's let's get going to Tuesday. Meredith, wake up. Oh, okay. Here I am. There you go. Thanks. Tuesday twenty two thirty six, public radio puberty. Uh a show title which apparently caught uh Christy off guard this week when a screenshot of her phone got circulated around the office featuring <laughs> this episode of TBTL. Uh, we open with breaking tech news. Andrew needs a new charger cable uh, and uh, is really struggling with where and how to buy a charger cable because he doesn't want a cheapo one, uh, but rejects the notion of going to the uh, authorized outlet of cell phones of his brand. I forget which brand he has, T-Mobile maybe, um, mm-hmm. uh, because there are no other options out there except gas stations and T-Mobile locations. Apparently, if only there was a place online where you could order something like this and also throw a few cents to your favorite podcast. The, the, the best thing about <laughs> those, uh, those cables that you can get at the gas station, it's a dual purpose. It'll charge your phone for a little bit. And then if you need to start a fire somewhere <laughs> later, you can use that. Uh, so of course, uh, littlebrightbandwagon.com slash Amazon, should you decide that you'd like to trust the internet with ordering something and having it actually arrive at your house like a like a chair. Um, and uh, I will say, actually, I will vouch for the Amazon Basics brand charging yes. cables. We use those all the time. Yep, I get a bunch of them. I get them everywhere. They're great. We use them for HDMI and for the phones and yep. all sorts of stuff. They're great. Uh, similarly, conversation about socks and underwear and how they all kind of go at once, like charger cables or I guess like light bulbs. And I, I did feel a little sympathy for the problem when you get socks that get paired together, but it's one old sock and one new sock. And so you get the one that's lost its elastic. Uh, and bright, I, a bright, one bright side in Stumptown is I never have to worry about that. <laughs> anymore. Yeah, your sock budget's getting slashed in half, huh? Yeah, welcome to Stumpton. Uh, and I agree, you just have to purge. Every year or so, I think I just go through and, and I save a couple of pairs of socks and I just throw out the rest. Mm-hmm. Um, but unlike these guys, I wear black crew socks or white ankle socks. That's it. I'm not fancy like uh, Andrew and his need for Argyle. Uh, yeah. Or- the, the original novelty sock. That was a good throwaway <laughs> line by, by Luke. Yeah. <laughs> it was the first, it was the first sock to say, Hey, look at me. <laughs> uh, but if he wants Argyle, uh, plenty of tens made it clear this week that you can find them. Uh, mm-hmm. It's your local uh, mall or target. Apparently mm-hmm. JC Penny. Yeah. There we go. JC Penny. Sure. Uh, Luke has a problem where he only has whimsical socks uh, that will probably get him beat up if people see them. Duff wears almost exclusively whim- whimsical socks. Really? Mostly because it annoyed his old boss so much. <laughs> but it wasn't against the dress code. So he was he wears these like clown socks. They're you know, they're they're 
supposed to be business socks, but they're yellow and red and green polka dots, and they're they're all insane. Oh, not not like like Colin Kaepernick's little pictures of piggies in police uniforms. They're just brightly colored. I don't know what you're talking about, but yeah, all right. well, he does social protesting with his socks. Well, he does have he has one pair that has oil rigs on it. <laughs> really. That seems yeah. appropriate. It yeah. is. That's why you got them. Yeah. Uh, so I uh, Hanes X Temp Comfort Cool Crew Socks six pack ten bucks or so. Um, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this. I don't think I would have had reason to, but I had a roommate my sophomore year of college who said his life's goal was to wear a brand new pair of socks every day for the rest of his life. Weird life goal. And we had to explain to him that that's like a really relatively, especially if you buy in bulk, like that's very achievable. Yeah, go to Costco once a month. <laughs> like it's it's wasteful and also no one's going to really be checking on you cuz no one besides you gives a damn about your about that particular thing. So feel free to have a cheat day. It's also you. a very linty way to live because I don't expect him to wash them before that first wear. Mhm. So, yeah, but seriously, I I take out my sock drawer and I take out three or four pairs that I keep, you know, I've I have a couple of whimsical pairs, uh beer hops that I got from being in a wedding and things like that. Uh, and the rest just just shoot them right into the garbage and start over. Because then my favorite socks are um, the the little footy things they give you in the hospital. Yeah, um, because they are big and warm, and they have uh, grippies on the bottom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So but, every time I, I'm having surgery next month, mostly so I can get more socks. Yeah, you can load up. Mm-hmm. You got to steal them from the little cupboard. No one's looking. Yeah, I usually go for the drug cupboard, but yeah, if you go for the sock cupboard, you can really. Yeah. You are both the reason why everybody else's insurance premiums are going up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I Also, I will just mention, so I had a work party last week and my brother-in-law, Sam's brother, came to help and he tended bar for us. And he uh, wore the full outfit, the black pants and the black shirt. And he very much looked the part. And then he sat down at one point and we see that he's wearing bright green socks. Um, he's a rugby player. And he actually wore his rugby socks under this whole getup. So he starts hiking up his pant leg to show us, and he's got the socks going all the way to his knees. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Protective, right? That's why they have those. Something like that. I, hmm. I don't own a single pair of knee socks anymore. I had a red pair for a Halloween costume for the year we went as the Boston Red Sox, meet a bunch of friends. But since then... Uh, yeah, once I got rid of my Catholic schoolgirl outfit, I didn't need mine anymore either. So, <laughs> uh, Let's see. Where were we? Uh, socks... Dancing mice. Uh, these are the things you waste money on as a child or an adult in Luke's case. Uh, and uh, Frisbee. The Frisbee's free, but you're paying for the uh, the invisible string. I didn't understand that. I was lost okay. during that. Yeah, I, I guess I, as a, as a one-time Frisbee aficionado, I guess I get that Frisbee magically flies through the air, but I never thought about an invisible string. No. Was that a marketing uh, Apparently. Uh, Luke reflects on a San Juan salsa bar that is not the Buena Vista Social Club. That makes me hungry when I hear salsa bar, but then I find out it's music and then I get all disappointed. <laughs> Turns out you just did a Moe's. <laughs> I'd, li- I'd rather be at a Moe's than at a bar. Uh, we break down the anatomy of the white guy who loves world music. Oh, God. Has a ponytail usually. Yeah, yeah. probably probably combines it with a couple other things. Uh, when I was in high school and managing a coffee shop my senior year, there was a Bella Fleck and the Flecktone CD in the shortlist rotation of our music, uh, but it wasn't by my choice. So I'm well familiar with that one album, uh, but uh, it was foisted upon me. I think worse than like world music guy and world music um, outside of bluegrass is like when an artist goes through a world music phase like Paul Simon or something, and then you have to see him put on the dashiki and, and <laughs> hire all the people to dance around him. That's when it really gets embarrassing. Uh, we found out that Andrew did a parody of this American life 15 years ago and that it might still exist somewhere, mm-hmm. but he refuses to share it. So I think we know what we want to bully out of him next. Sure. Um, we get into a John Lurie conversation including the tv show fishing with john this mostly went over my head i'm just curious if you guys got anything out of it not me nope nope uh i know he wrote some medesky martin i don't know i'm out of my depth we got our bakra batad donors which sticks around far too many days yes yeah it's like they're trying to find a worse song 
every time and it's getting harder and harder. Mm. Yeah, it made me long for Bartman though. <laughs> yeah. Uh top story Tuesday is uh meet meet cutes. Uh Andrew tells uh he and Veeve's meet story and you know, I don't know if any story that includes a Tom Petty box set could be considered cute. Hey, <laughs> I Tom like Petty. Tom Petty, but I'm just saying cute might be a stretch. But the- Tom Petty was a big part of my my biggest college hookup with my long term uh, college girlfriend. Big part of it. Big part so, of it. Soundtrack. Yeah. Not soundtrack. No, no. This was back way back when he was just making albums and not slapping together greatest hits and going to the bank he was actually putting out some albums so <laughs> now, I, duff and my early relationship is really uh tied very closely with icp so it doesn't have to be romantic music no not necessarily right all right all right fair enough uh and uh andrew makes the stumble of the week when he's remembering that he's been dating genevieve for 15 years but thinks that it was 2001 when they started dating because that's when he thought the election cycle would have been. And Mm -hmm. uh, we find out later in the week that literally every listener of the show either called or emailed or tweeted him (laughs) to correct him. (laughs) Right. Uh, We also get an email from Mark, uh, the Rotarian Mark, to let us know that Donovan was a polio survivor and champions uh, uh, charities because of it. So nice to hear. Good on Donovan. Uh, and with that, uh, it was a pretty light Tuesday. Wednesday, 2237, responsible microcasting. Luke is still in Puerto Rico, and he still doesn't know what ocean he's staring at. Um, if he's where he said he is, then he's looking at the Atlantic Ocean, right? Yeah, it was a pretty simple answer from the beginning. It's yeah. He's on the north side of the island. It's the right. Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we hear a lot about Henry, the polyglot cameraman. Uh, and his uh, amazing machinations carrying his expensive cameras around pools in between bodies of water, tight roping to get a good shot of Luke. Uh, I don't envy that job. And do you do you, Luke, do you guys think Luke stops down and and looks at some of the some of the film? You know, like a like a director. <laughs> oh, right after they they yeah. film it in the camera. Yeah, just to see if he looks fat. Yeah, you think he does that? Probably. Sometimes, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, producers are usually pretty good uh, at managing up. And if I was producing Luke, I'd probably proactively build in that stop time Mm -hmm. just because, you know, he's going to want it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And they are trying to do an interview at a swim up bar, I think, in this this point. Uh, And the crowds of people are annoying him and he is threatening to storm out of the pool. <laughs> uh they they do have a TBDL style like tech meltdown, right? Uh and that combined with the the crowds I think is is really been irritating Luke a little bit. This wasn't the day of the rain though, was it? No, that was the next day. Oh, okay. I think. Okay. I'm a, I I want to talk about this this uh this story in general. Like he went to this place in Portland and now he has been to uh, Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic. And this is all about, um, pina coladas. And I don't know what the story is. I mean, like, I'm sure I think it's, it's co- supposed to be the origin of this drink, right? Right. And, and but how also, is that a story? And is big, big colada behind this to get this on <laughs> CBS? Like there's, is there has money, a lot of money changed hands to get this as a piece of editorial content. It sounds like maybe big coconuts behind it, but they also kind of fumbled the ball with the whole factory thing. <laughs> yeah, they, right. they didn't follow up on their end to really get them, the, get them access the way they yeah. were supposed to. You know, it's funny. Anyway. Luke talks. I just Googled pina colada recipe just for, I mean, I know what's in a pina colada. I don't drink this kind of stuff, but the recipe that comes up from foodnetwork.com is the recipe. It includes, quote, Coco Lopez coconut cream. Mm-hmm. I've heard of it. Mm-hmm. They've really yeah, got their, their name on it. And since I'm making a track record of this, Meredith, I apologize for interrupting you just now. Ah. It's quite all right. <laughs> Luke talks about having an old-fashioned pina colada, which I don't like either of those things, so that sounds disgusting. But I do like the idea of coconut water ice cubes. Mm, I, I got fooled into trying coconut water a while back, maybe two years ago. <laughs> it depends no. on the kind. It depends on the brand. Some Most of them are disgusting. There's like one or two that are good. That mm-hmm. tastes like it's you, you opened an actual coconut. Yeah, mine tasted like I opened up somebody's testicles. 
Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I'm a monster who doesn't like coconut generally. So, yeah. Uh, it's, that's one of those things like cilantro it's, people have a strong reaction to it yeah it's polarizing yeah. Yeah. I do like a little ice melting in my drink though since my drink of choice is equal parts whiskey, ice, and loneliness yeah oh. <laughs> I didn't mean to make it sad just you know <laughs> a solitary thing um, speaking of tech annoyances Andrew tells us a story about when he was producing Ross Reynolds and he gave him a choice during a live broadcast and he got irritated and firmly but politely told Andrew to stop giving him choices just Mm -hmm. tell him when he's done which I totally understand there's too much going on he can't wing so much right it reminded me of that Seinfeld episode where he's getting his kitchen redone and this guy Connie Conrad or Con uh keeps giving Seinfeld, all these options for, you know, what kind of screw do you want me to use? And he's like, just fucking do it, you know? <laughs> like, at a certain point, I mean, this guy just, he, he's ready to punch in and do his job and just help him do his job. Don't, like, make it any harder for him. So, I, right. yeah, I totally see that, too. Yeah. Uh, top story for today is the most interesting man in the world. I really don't get the obsession with this guy. Yeah. They talk about him all the time on After These Messages and here, and I just don't really get it. Yeah, that mainly I don't get it because the actor they used before, maybe I'll start to get it now, but the actor they used before, I just didn't buy him doing any of those things they would show him doing because he was like too old and he was a little short fat guy. And I was like, no, nah, this guy's yeah, not doing all this stuff. It's all it's all a big setup. But this guy well, looks like big in athletics, so maybe I'll start to buy it. A lot of these things, the claim, you know, the the ridiculous claims they're making about him just sound like old Chuck Norris jokes to yep, me. Right? Yeah, the the writing has definitely gone downhill. I think the appeal with the old campaign was that they were absurd, but mm-hmm. um, it, you know, they were uh, creative a little bit. I mean, now it's just um, it's lost the allure. It's almost like this guy could almost do some of these things. Yeah, and that makes it not. Funny. That's like the uncanny valley of jokes. Like it's just. I guess I was on the just the other end of that. I just I wasn't. Yeah, I I was. I didn't understand who the joke was on, or you know, like not like it was supposed to be absurd that this little troll of a guy was able to do all these things. <laughs> right. <laughs> but we can all agree he's not hustling as hard as Flo from Progressive. Right. Yes. <clears throat> She's pretty great. We can also still agree that Dosecki still kind of tastes like piss. Yeah. Who's mm. drinking that? I mix it with coconut water. <laughs> oh, that would only make it worse. Um, somebody mixed Crazy Town's Butterfly and <laughs> Bartman, but they won't come out of their shell. I thought it was Lynn, but he just kind of tried to reproduce, right? Right. Yeah, he tried to rebuild it. Because he put it on the Stens page. Yeah. I think th- I think you should show yourself. That was that was a that was artistry. Yes. I so I I have a note here, and I'm not going to say it out loud because. I thought that that person did show him or herself deep in a comment thread somewhere, but I can't find it because the Stens page is very cluttered. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. That's not like a Stens page shot. I, I yeah. thought it was somewhere and that person bravely stepped forward, but I don't want to out him or her if I'm mistaken. Yeah. Well, that was quality work. We'd like to recognize you for your efforts. Yeah. Um, back to drink talk. They talk about having a default cocktail. Luke doesn't really have fully formed opinions about beer back from Dos Equis. Um, but he, he used to only drink Tangerays and tonics. Now it's vodka sodas. Um, and I, I guess I do sort of tend to order vodka sodas if I don't know, if I have to panic order, mm-hmm. if I'm staring at a menu that's complicated and full of ingredients that are, you know, incomprehensible. Uh, I don't know. Just give me a vodka soda. And that's mm. good for the, the the liquor companies if you have a brand, but I don't. Oh, right. Yeah. They always want to get you like the Bacardi and Coke or whatever they want you to. Yeah. Because Luke's, a di- you know, he was onto the Tanqueray thing, um, which I actually don't, I don't like gin very much, but I really don't like Tanqueray. Um, well, I've, I've gotten more attached to Tito's now that I'm in Texas. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm sort of up for grabs, uh, I think, because, um, I mean, well, I don't drink when we go out because Emily will sometimes have a drink and then I'll drive home one footed. Um, <clears throat> but if I were to have a go-to drink in my life, it probably would have been a Greyhound. Uh, it's just grapefruit juice and, and vodka, but I'm sure there are fancier ways to don't sharpshoot me, but. Oh, I didn't know that had a name. 
yeah, called a greyhound and, and I would get a greyhound and, and that's, um, I don't know, maybe Tito should get on that trying to brand something. Yeah. Cause I, I'm, you know, I'm willing to say a brand name. That was my go-to drink when I was a delinquent teen, mm-hmm. except I would chase. So it was like one bottle of vodka, one bottle of grapefruit juice. Oh, really? You just, yeah. oh, I got you. You were really hardcore. I want to, you might want to upgrade that name though. Um, a, a Greyhound, you know, that's really the lowest tier of city to city public transit. <laughs> sure. Sure. Give me a trailways. <laughs> or a, give me a, give, give me a, yeah, bus. give me a bolt bus. Oh, Man, not a mega bus, <laughs> just uh, not a funwa or whatever those unlicensed buses are that always crash. And finally, we get a voicemail um, recommending Evergreen as a salad place that's similar to Chopped. Where is that? Is that in Bellingham? Is that why I got recommended? I think it's in the area. I don't know if yeah, there's I think one in it's Bellingham. local Seattle chain founded by people inspired by Chopped. Yeah, mm. there was a uh, salad restaurant in. The Seattle area. I don't know if it was multiple locations, but there was one big location. It was all salads, and it was all um, serve yourself. It was like a uh, like a soup plantation, but um, but it was called Zupa Z O O P A. And one of the owners uh, for the company I used to work for was behind that, and it was it was a wonderful restaurant, and the salads are really good, and the soups are fantastic, but this particular owner is a guy who just loved to spend money on all kinds of bullshit. I've talked about him before on, on the show. Like, he never met some kind of rip-off advertising he wouldn't buy. So uh, I think Zupa would still be around if it had just been standing on its salad own, but uh, unfortunately, my old boss was behind it, and uh, and I'm sure he blew the budget on, like, uh, some rotating billboards or something. Well, you know, you think soup, you think bread lines. Uh, Zupa makes me think of Olive Garden. And mm-hmm. my biggest pet peeve that they have Zupa Toscana, and they just will ask you if you want Zupa, which is soup. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but they'll use it specifically for that soup. These are the little things you that keep me up at night. Zupa Plantation. <laughs> uh, let's get a Thursday 2238. Papo sent us uh, the recording uh, later on Wednesday night, uh, yesterday's coffee for Thursday. Luke is going to the Dominican Republic on Thursday to tour the Coco Lopez factory arrangements that were made with uh, a guy named Papo. But those arrangements have been touch and go. And they find out that Papo is going to be stateside for a conference and not at the Coco Lopez factory. And they have no way of knowing if anyone at the Coco Lopez factory knows they're coming. Which sounds like a yeah, great there, reason to fly to another country, there, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, this is when we get the rain. Tropical storm dumping, which I thought would be a great and terrible name for a tropical storm. <laughs> uh, and uh, Luca's insistent that Wale references Joe Frank, then later finds out he doesn't. <laughs> I can't imagine him referencing Joe Frank. <laughs> Uh, and they talk about uh, uh, this imaginary trip to Cuba that the entire Cairo morning show was supposed to take. Uh, Andrew insists that Luke used this as a selling point to try to get Andrew to come produce that show. And Luke has zero memory of it, period. I believe it. Do you think he was making it up to entice Andrew? I, I no, I just believe there was... Up. Right, there was some there was some hope of it or something, and then he Luke just used it as a cudgel to get Andrew. He ran with it. He probably Mm -hmm. overstated it a little bit. Like they had this idea that it would be fun if they all went to Cuba, and then he went to CBS Sunday Morning and said, "Oh yeah, they'll totally let me in their ballet." You know, it's just (laughs) one of these moments for Luke. Right, and then it Mm -hmm. never happened. But if he hadn't told that sort of half lie, we might never have gotten Andrew. That's true. Uh, and I don't want to yep. fly past tropical storm dumping without uh, remembering Luke's concern about his hair and hair powder. And mm. he had an umbrella that he didn't even have access a to. A $30 umbrella from REI. It, as somebody 35. who, if I spend... Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah. Which is not too if much. I spend the, if I spend the hour and 10 minutes it takes me to do my hair, <laughs> I'm very protective of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to let some rain mess it up one hour later. Yeah, whatever happened to those uh, like clear plastic uh, things that the ladies used to tie over their hair when they got it done real, real nice? Oh, Look, need some exist. of those. Yeah, yeah they yeah. sell those in drugstores everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, top story Thursday, pretty thin top story. Uh, 
dropping a walnut-sized grape from a hot air balloon. And uh, the most interesting part of this story to me is that Luke uses this as a chance to say that he believes he is very good at catching things in his mouth. Oh, boy. Unfortunate (laughs) choice of words. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Uh, and this is when I asked Meredith in a chat that if we could, if as the statistician available to us this week, if we could figure out the terminal velocity of a walnut sized grape. Well, I really tried. I really did. And I spent way too long on this, but there are so many unknowns. So you need the mass of the thing. You need to know the acceleration due to gravity, which we already know that's 9.8 meters per second per second. We need to know the density of the air, which is hard to guess if you don't know the temperature. Um, you need to know the area of the object and the drag coefficient, which depends on the shape of the object. So things that are more streamlined have lower drag coefficients. And I would, I, I guess I could assume that was a sphere, but it probably wasn't exactly a sphere. So my, uh, my calculations didn't really get anywhere. Would there, would there be any factor that would clear it up for you if, uh, it could be measured how much I wanted the grape to smash the guy's teeth in and how much I wanted that hot air balloon to crash? (laughs) I went and read this article and he did say that his face was covered in grape juice after this. <laughs> and it said, it, so he, it, he, he also said it, it felt like his mouth, like Luke. No, no. Several hit him in the face and he said it did feel like being punched in the face. Good. Uh, hot air balloon. Check. Luke's good at checking things in his mouth. Check. Andrew. <laughs> Andrew's not a Redditor, but he did discover a song on an anti Rizzo Reddit thread. That's the uh, Cleveland sports guy that he listens to uh, and uh, shared it with us, which really leads to a question about uh, how earnest these people are who make these terrible videos and uh, whether when they realize they're getting love because they're campy, like Ken Woodley's coffee lover, um, do they just embrace it to ride the fame wave? Uh, And I'll add here that Andrew's feeling a little guilty because he got a little bit snarky about this on Twitter with something that he sent to Chris Hayes, among other people. And Chris Hayes retweeted it, which thrust it into the spotlight. And this guy saw it. Hmm. Well, I, I feel like there are a lot of people that um, that retweet and share and they're making fun of the person's earnestness. But I think there are plenty of people who just like that song. They, they're just into it. So I think it's a split, you know. So they're getting lo- they're getting positive attention and sort of negative snarky attention. Well, and if he if that's your team, you're probably just going to love it no matter what, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's it's such a a fandom thing. Yeah, and it's kind of like um Tommy Rousseau. Like I think of The Room. Mm-hmm. He's definitely cashing in on the terribleness of that movie. But he's trying to claim that he did it campy, but I don't think he right. did. Well, so, you know, you pivot and either way you keep, yeah. keep getting as much spotlight as you can. So um, there was also a comparison to Phoenix Jones in here at one point, which I figured would just anger Mike. Yeah. Phoenix. Jones. <laughs> that, all that superhero BS. I mean, I'm glad we're kind of getting over it as a society. And, and it looks like the, the, we might be able to get through the Halloween without this clowns thing turning into a bigger deal mm. that it looked like it was going to be for a while. But uh, yeah, I absolutely hate these, these little phenomenon that, you know, where people try to grab a, a look at me for five minutes through some, you know, BS like that. And it isn't so much, I mean, Phoenix Jones, he did some stuff and, you know, he actually maybe did a little bit of good and he, and he does, I guess, is it like a semi-talented M- MMA fighter or something, but mostly it's just these sad old guys just going out there returning carts to Trader Joe's and it's just, I can't take it. My heart can't take it, guys. So... Yeah, my, uh, uh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, we'll, and we'll just wrap Thursday with one more reminder that everyone on Earth let Andrew know that the Bush Gore election was the year 2000, not 2001. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure they did. Um, Friday, 2239, everything's coming up. Walsh House. Luke is in the Fort, a Fort Lauderdale Marina lot in a Dodge Journey. He calls it a forward, <laughs> but I think he meant... <laughs> Four-wheel drive. <laughs> uh, he didn't see it. This seemed to be serious. It seemed to be dead serious that he thought this car had, had two names. Yeah, he thought it was inspirational. I just wonder <laughs> if he activated the forward button and if he realized that his gas mileage went to shit when he did it. <laughs> uh, yeah, not a lot of call for uh, four-wheel drive there in uh, Fort Lauderdale, but um, he's uh, dealing with raccoons and a, uh, and a Snoopy security fella um 
But, you know, Luke's behavior with boats has been pretty shady in his life, so mm-hmm. they're right to keep a keep a side eye on him there. Mm-hmm. Um, the Dominican, he tells his story from the Dominican Republic, uh, how he just assumed that all, all his apps, he was just going to turn on waves out there in the DR and be able to find the factory. But uh, I don't know how they, I would have liked to have known how they actually found it, but it was it would probably ended up being a patchwork of boringness as they stopped some breastfeeding motorcyclists to ask for directions. <laughs> they finally found, found the uh, Coco Lopez coconut cream compound. That's a lot of C's. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Compadre. Compadre. Hey, good one. <laughs> They they they're dropping big big Papa's name, um, and they get through. The, I, what I was picturing was, you know, like some uh, Banana Republic where you finally get to talk to the guy, you know, the big fat guy who's in the wicker chair, and he has guys with machine guns all around him, and there's you know there's a language barrier and hijinks. I just thought it wasn't going to work. I just thought for sure they were not going to get in there, and they made this trip for no reason. I was going to say the exact same thing. I figured they would well, just get stopped at the gate and they would say, yeah. we have no idea who this Papo is. <laughs> right, right, right. That's, that is a scenario that is the nightmare. It's like, I don't, that, that guy, he hasn't worked here in well, seven years. And, and Yeah. Along the same vein as Luke can't sit and, and make zingers to other people watching football, he can't charm his way into this. Right. So this time he employed uh, what, what I learned is called the golden silence, and I I learned it in uh, I went to a uh, a conference like a, a conference to learn how to sell things, and it was um, conducted by a Coca Cola company. And one of the things that they teach you is the golden silence, and that is when there's something that you want and you've asked for it, just ask for it, and then just be quiet, and eventually the person will give it to you. And that's what seemed to have happened in this situation. Yeah. Uh, Andrew slips in a couple of Pee Wee Herman references. Uh, I think because he was just learning to make gifts. Um, and <laughs> that I was listened. a good tip, actually. <laughs> I went and made a bunch. Me too. That was Me too. fun. I immediately I, I sent a message to Andrew and said, y- you know, you've 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 created a monster and he said cancel your 2017 because i guess yeah he is deep in making those things as well so i don't no know if he explained card. it but all you have to do is instead of youtube you just write gif youtube yeah so simple and then you know you're off to the races annoying all your facebook friends in no time mm-hmm. uh top story is bodega cat somebody writes a terrible review of a bodega in new york because there's a cat there which uh, Luke makes the point um, in big cities, there are vermin. And do you want rats or do you want cats? Bobby, you've lived in some uh, some big city situations. Have you ever had a uh, cat in any of those? Any place that you frequented or worked? Not really, but the idea doesn't phase me. Actually, I think more often than cats in stores, in college we had dogs in classrooms and offices. I had a surprisingly high number of professors who just brought their dogs with them. And this was not service animals or even pretending that they're service animals like they're on a flight. This was just, my dog comes with me everywhere I go. Big dogs. Whatever. Mm. Oh, I never saw that in college. Yeah, well, I was in the English made it more department. <laughs> I think it's a different kind of uh, person. That's a long-term tenure professor in an English department. And I'm sure the, what are you going to do? Fire me. Good luck. Has something to do with that. Mm, Right. (laughs) They do have that nature of their business. (laughs) Uh, But uh, whatever. This is like, there was a a library cat somewhere and there was outrage a couple of months ago. And then they. In white settlement. Oh, right. Texas. We were actually on black colony road the other day here. uh, It might be in Buda, Kyle, Mountain City, but right around here, there's a Black Colony Road where the old Black Colony oh, used boy. to be. So, <laughs> Texas, we don't change names of things. <laughs> um, sorry, I got distracted because if you make a gif of any stretch of coffee lover, it just looks the same. <laughs> <laughs> it all makes me mad. <laughs> oh, yeah, so I'm fine with it. Whatever. I think okay. if you're in a uh, bodega cat situation, the cat is allowed to be there. And if you're allergic to cats, don't go to that bodega or just stay away from the cat while you're there. But um, 
you're, that cat can be fired. If you see any vermin in that store, then the cat's fired. Cat's got to go because the cat's got to keep fire it one of, I fire one of mine every time I see a salamander. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, guys. Yeah, go, what's going on here? I mean, how many of you do I have to get? How much? Right. What kind of a staff do I have to put together to keep these guys uh, out of here? Much like those professors, though, you probably should have never let those cats unionize, which is how you can't get rid of any of them. I've They're had these guys sleeping. for so long. <laughs> uh, speaking of vermin in, in restaurants, um, I wish there, oh gosh, I had heard all throughout my youth, I'd heard about White Castle Burgers, White Castle Burgers, and then I moved to D.C., and it was just like the first time I'd seen a White Castle. And um, I hadn't even started working yet, and I have the day, so I have the day, and I go to this White Castle that's near where I was going to work because I checked out, you know, where I needed to go. And I go in there and I sit down, I order my burgers and there are roaches everywhere. And, Ooh. and I was, I was just thinking like, do what you have to do to take care of this. I don't care if this place smells like it's been tented, you know, I'll sit here and eat my burger while you spray insecticide in my eyes. <laughs> but I couldn't finish my food and I've never been back to a white castle or even eaten any of the frozen white castle because uh, to me, it's just roaches. So. Don't. Worry about it. White Castle's disgusting. Yep. Good. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I've, okay. I've been to White Castle twice, and it was not at, worth it. The, the second time is really my fault. I should have known better. Yeah, there should be no. Yeah, that's like me with Whataburger. They tricked me with their great TV advertising, and I go there like once a year, and it's so bad. Yeah. That pissed some people off, me saying that, I'm sure. Uh, music for your weekend. Um, the Luke's song, Polyphonic Spree, Light and Day. Um, it was really familiar to me, and I figured out it was because that's the song that Luke chose um, to be the um, theme song for the, I think it was the TBTL compound or cult. It was the cult, uh, which was something that I emailed in uh, in the early days of, of TBTL. And we all had our jobs and, you know, sister wife this and and <laughs> treasure that or whatever and then he chose that as the song and it really is a super culty song yeah it's guys in robes you know being accepting of everything including your money your banking information um andrew's song uh is it gillian or jillian i don't know i, I don't know from music i, don't I think know. it's jillian jillian welch one monkey and then a listener, Asia, I couldn't find this song anywhere. Uh, Micah Sherrill and the Black Eyed Dogs, October Waltz. Um, yeah, I looked around for that. Couldn't find it. I think it was a, it's sort of a very indie thing or something. So there. how about that? How about me doing music for your weekend? How about that? <laughs> I uh, was ready for you a, to not do it and for one of us to have to jump in. In fact, you transitioned to it so quickly that there was one more note from Friday I wanted to mention, and mm -hmm. I didn't even get a chance. And that is simply that uh, David Ortiz's tortilla chips uh, are something mm -hmm. that are available locally. Oh, Which sure. Makes sense here. And since <laughs> that would be a huge missed opportunity if you weren't telling Since uh, Since we do have a snack food and it's in my region, I feel like I'm obligated to talk about it. Um, yeah. I actually haven't had them uh, because they were only available briefly. And for a while, they were in the cold section because they were served next to the hummus. I, yeah, right. I don't know why. But I do know from seeing the bags and from Googling that the each chip is shaped like home plate. That's huh. the gimmick. Oh. Yeah. Well, here in Texas, they have them, they have tortilla chips shaped like Texas, which I'm always saying, like, none of this stuff happens in the state of Washington. Like, you no. don't see state of Washington flags all over in front of every car dealership and, and everybody's house. It's like people in Texas are way too proud of themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So every, every uh, oblong Triscuit is like the shape of the state of Washington, though. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're, and the, the little crumbles that fall into your beard are like the San Juan yeah. Islands. Uh, and so with that, a uh, little bit of housekeeping. Uh, first, with the archives, um, keep up the good work. I'm not going to continue the same pitch over and over again. I'm also going to say thank you uh, to everyone who voted for us for Best of Western Washington. Voting closes today as we record this, so it will be closed tomorrow. Uh, I appreciate all of you who voted and also people who voted for Phyllis Fletcher. <laughs> so here's mm -hmm. hoping we get her in the top five as well. And she and Christy can go party it up together with that. <laughs> uh, also a plug for our new, what do we call our sibling podcasts? Our uh, brother, sister, 
podcast. I would have been happy saying brother or sister podcast until I saw the pictures of earbuds and earworms co-host Jason in his Halloween costume as sexy Bob Ross, (laughs) which are the show picture. I thought it was slutty. I thought it was slutty Bob Ross, but well, I think it just depends on how you define sexy or slutty. Uh, He might be both, Uh, but earbuds and earworms, the newest show on the 10710 podcast network. Um, and uh, I give it a shameless plug not only because their latest episode is a great episode that just dropped, but also because uh, they have a new segment called Ear Buddies, where they play songs suggested by people on their Facebook page. And uh, I happen to be the first one. So uh, oh, they uh, they know yes. exactly who to butter up to make sure they get a plug. How many times do I have to submit my neck, my back before they, they're, they're going to play? <laughs> I think you have to wait for them to do an episode about their bodies. Okay. Yeah. If you want to get involved with the show, visit our website at littleredbandwagon.com. See us on Facebook, our page, or the Stuns page. Our show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. You can email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Send us a voicemail or a text at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. And with that, Bobby, why don't you get us out of here? Sure. Uh, Until next time, this is the next fiesta. We love you, Jen. Nailed it. I wish I could say that in Spanish. Shit. I could only Dado say and El Clavo. French. Je t'aime, Jen. Guys, we're uh, out of tape.